0: Uh, Pastor Beagie and with the, the McCormicks, and, and we drove down a couple hours south, went down uh, to the bay down there and, and did a little fishing. And it was it was beautiful, it was perfect. We got there in the evening, and uh, we had this awesome meal, it was super good, and, and then I watched one of the most beautiful sunsets that I've ever seen in my life, and we got up early the next morning, and we went out to fish, and, and the conditions were pristine, it was perfect, a- everything you could want f- from a fishing trip we caught some fish uh, but but there was one that really took the cake uh, we hadn't caught anything probably been about an hour or so and, and finally i got a hit on my line and I'll tell you what, this thing put up a fight. It was a monster. Uh, and and I, I'm going with it. I'm following the instructions of the guide because I don't really know what I'm doing with fishing. Like, I'm not that big of a fisherman. But, uh, he, you know, he's like, let it run out a little bit. And I said, okay. And then he said, all right, reel it in. And, and so I get it, and I'm fighting with it. And, and I get it up right to the edge of the boat. And I'm telling you guys, it, it was like, it was this big. It, something like that. And, and right as we're about to get into the boat, the line breaks, and it's gone. And I'm kind of looking at Ricky and Betty, and I'm guessing that they're probably starting to think, like, I don't really remember that happening that much. And, <laughs> and that's because it didn't. Like, I, I totally exaggerated the whole story. I mean, we did go fishing, but there was no monster fish. But it, it's a tale as old as, as time, right? The exaggerated fishing story. If you've gone fishing, you've embellished your tail a little bit. This morning, we hear a fishing story, right? But it really happened. It happened just the way that we heard it. And that's not even the best part of the story. Because in the story, we see Jesus call the unexpected. We see Jesus issue a call to some men who who by worldly standards were not the ones you would expect to go out and to preach the gospel full time, but it was to them that he issued the call. And he issues that same call to each and every single one of you here this morning. I want to be clear on something because I think, you know, as I was reading through this, I was thinking, you know, this must be the first time that Jesus met Peter and James and John. Like it, he's given the call, right? That They've never met before, but, but they were familiar with each other at this point. They knew each other. In fact, Jesus had actually called them previously to this it seems, though, that that first call was more of a, like a call to come and study under me. Jesus said, look, you're going to learn from me. You're, you're going to watch me preach. You're going to watch me teach. You're going to learn what it means to be a minister of the gospel. And so that's what they did. They, they followed Jesus. They listened to him teach. But during this time, it seems that they were still doing some part-time fishing up on the Sea of Galilee. Peter had a wife, he had a mother-in-law to take care of. It makes sense, right? They they had to bring in some income. He had to take care of those people. And so up until this point, most of their studying, it was up in Galilee, the northern region of Israel. And they were learning from Jesus, but also they were still doing a little fishing. But this call, the call that Jesus gives to them in these verses, it was going to be different. It it was a call to go out and to full-time share Jesus with people. That's the call That we see. The very first verse, we see Jesus doing what we always see Jesus doing, right? He's out teaching the people. And Luke, he he didn't seem to feel the need to tell us what Jesus taught about that day, what, what lesson it was that he taught the people, but I have to imagine that he found some time in there to talk to them about the fact that they were sinful, that they needed a Savior, and to say, look, I am that Savior. That's why I've come. Jesus was pretty popular at this point. That, that kind of happens when you can do miracles, right? When you can heal sick people, when you can raise people from the dead, you kind of tend to gather a crowd. And so the people are all over and they're crowding around Jesus while he's trying to teach. And, and apparently his security team didn't get time to set up the barriers that day, you know, like they normally would. Uh, and, and the people are just all in on Jesus and pushing closer and closer to him. And, and it caused this problem because with the people so close to him, the people on the outskirts couldn't hear what he was saying, right? And so Jesus thought, well, I've got the solution. He looks down by the lake and he sees some boats and he says, oh, that's Peter's boat. And he's like, Peter, come on, let, let's, let's put out a little bit. Help me out so I can teach for a little bit longer. And if you've ever been out on the water, if you've been on the lake, you know how well voices carry on the water, Right? You could be all the way across the lake from someone, and you can hear people talking at just a normal voice level, uh, even though they're on the other side of the lake. The, the water amplifies the voice, and so that day Jesus used the water to amplify his voice so that everyone there could hear him teaching. When he got done, he said, "Peter, let's let's go out. Let's do a little fishing." right put, put out deep part of the lake let's go out and let's let's catch some fish how many of you like it when someone tells you how to do your job especially if that person has no experience experience doing your job it's not something we tend to like too much right let's just say for example chuck let's say you were still a principal at a school you're running a school and i came up to you and i was like chuck I think, really, you should use this curriculum to, to teach the students. And I think you should make your teachers go through this training. And, you know, the meals at lunch, they're not that good. So maybe, like, let's get some new food in here. Uh, what, what would you say to me? What, what would you be, th- or maybe you wouldn't say it, but what would you be thinking? Go home. Yeah, go home, right? I, I'm not a teacher. You've spent your whole life running schools and teaching kids. I know nothing about it. Why, why on earth would I tell you how to run a school? I wonder... I wonder if some of those thoughts went through Peter's mind that day out on the lake. Jesus, what do you know about fishing? You're a carpenter. Have you ever fished a day in your life? Jesus, I fish full time and I actually do pretty well at it. Uh, I've been able to provide for my family up until this point. Not to mention, Jesus, your instructions, they don't really make any sense. You see, the the middle of the day, that's not the time to be fishing. Overnight, that's when you should fish. In fact, that's when I was fishing all night, and we didn't catch anything then, so we're probably not going to catch anything now. The deep part of the lake, Jesus? That, no, that's, that's not where we go. We stay in the shallow part. Our nets, they reach down to the bottom there. It makes it more likely that we'll be able to trap some fish in, Jesus. You don't know what you're talking about. Why would we go out to the deep? You know, Jesus, how about you stick to teaching and I'll stick to fishing? It's, it's late, well, for him, because I've been up all night, right? I'm tired. I just got my nets washed. Just let me go home and rest so I can come back out and do it tonight. I don't know if Peter thought any of those things, but it's not what he says. Instead, when Jesus tells him to go out and to let out the nets in the deep part of the lake, Peter says, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I'll let down the nets. It's quite the response isn't it? Peter might not have understood why Jesus told him to go out and do it it might not have made any sense to his human mind but he said Lord because you say so fine I'll do it. Lord I'm ceding all authority to you and I'm simply going to trust you at your word because your word is good and your word is true. It's really the response we should all have as Christians, right? Because sometimes Jesus asks us to do things that maybe don't make sense to our human minds so much. And we just have to say, you know what, Jesus, I don't really get it, but yeah, because you say so, I'm going to do it. A few examples. A personal one for me first. As I'm sitting last May at the seminary for call day, and, and they're reading off the names of everyone who's getting assigned to a church, and my name is last. Uh, that's what I get for having the W name. And they say, Andrew Westra, uh, New Mission, Waco, Texas. And immediately, all of my shortcomings and all of my, my flaws and failures are right at the front of my mind. And I'm thinking, Really, Jesus? Are you sure? Like, look at some of the other guys on this list. There there has to be somebody more qualified to go and do this than me. Lord, are you sure that I'm the guy that you want to go and do this? Well, because you say so, Lord. Because you say that the, the call process is divine, that that the Holy Spirit works through these men who the church has appointed to assign people to their fields of labor, because you say that you will bless the proclamation of your word that it will not return to your em, to you empty Lord, okay, because you say so, here I go you all have got the, your, your building project that that you 're about to kick off, which i 'm really excited about because we were talking about that already four years ago when I was here, right? It's exciting, but it's also maybe a little bit daunting, right? There's no doubt Christianity, it's on the decline across America. Not that many people are going to church anymore, fewer than did 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. You're in the minority being here this morning, And yet, we're going to take a bunch of resources and you're going to build a building out there and you're just going to hope, I guess, I hope people come and fill it up and I hope people use it. Well, because you say so, Lord because you say that we should use our resources here to enhance ministry, to to create opportunities to share the gospel with this community, because you say that that building might be a place where little children will come to know their Savior Jesus, because you say so, Lord, let's do it. Let's build that building. Let's make it happen. Maybe it's with your offerings. And, and, you know, God says, give to me cheerfully from the first fruits of your offerings, not just the leftovers at the end, but, but that it should be intentional and something that you do uh, at the front end of your income. And you say, well, sure, Lord, but what if I don't have enough at the end of the month? What, what if I can't make ends meet? Well, because you say so, Lord. Because you tell me that you're going to provide for me, that that you will give me my daily bread, that every need that I have will be met. I I watched you. I watched you bring all those fish into the boat. I know you can provide for me, Lord, and I know that you will. So because you say so, yeah, I'm going to give. I'm going to give cheerfully. Maybe it's with personal evangelism for you and, and you know you think, ah, I just don't know. Sharing my faith, that's something that's tough for me. I, I'm not the most charismatic person. It's not the easiest conversation for me to have and maybe that's just not where my gifts lie so I'll just leave it up to other people. Well, because you say so, Lord. Because you say that the call to fish for people isn't just for Peter and James and John and it's not just for, for pastor and for vicar but it's for... For the church it's for all of us to go out and to share Jesus with people so that more and more people might know him and his love and his forgiveness that more people might be in heaven with us Lord because you say so I'm going to find a way to do it but we might not always understand why Jesus asks us to do certain things And it's in those moments that we just have to say, look, Jesus, you're God, and I'm not, and I'm ceding ultimate authority to you, and because you say so, because you say so, I'm going to do it. If Peter had any doubts about what Jesus asked him to do that day, they disappeared right after the nets hit the water, right? Because in go the nets, and immediately, they're filled with fish. So many fish that the nets are starting to break and he has to call his partners to come over and bring their boats and the fish just keep coming and keep coming and the boats are starting to sink and it's crazy. And I just, I love to think about them trying to tell this story afterwards and maybe I spent too much time in the Midwest and and so I've got this picture of, you know, like the little Midwestern bar uh, on the lake and people are sitting around afterwards telling their fishing stories. And, and Peter and James and John are trying to tell this story. And they're like, no, seriously, guys, Like the, the nets were tearing, the boats were going down. And they're like, yeah, okay, guys, I, I think you maybe had a couple too many glasses of wine out on the water. Uh, there's no way that it actually happened like that. And they're like, no, it did. It did happen. And all of it, the, the whole scene, the whole situation... Eventually it overwhelms Peter, right? Because he looks up and as the fish are piling in, he looks at Jesus and he realizes he's not just looking at a man, but he's looking at the God of the universe. And in that moment, he realizes how sinful he is. Just like Isaiah in our first lesson, right? Who who was confronted by God's presence and said, I am a sinful man. Peter felt the same way and he's overwhelmed and he falls to his knees and he looks at Jesus and he says, go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. Peter's experience with his sin here, the the highlight of his sin, not the highlight of his sin, but it highlights for us really our sin as well, right? And I think all of us, I'm safe in saying, all of us fall into one of either two camps to varying degrees. Either you're the opposite of Peter, And you've kind of lost the the reverence and the awe for God that you should have. That your sin really isn't that big of a deal. And, And you've kind of started to rationalize it away. And it doesn't make you feel unworthy to go before God, even though you've committed the same sin over and over and over again. And make no mistake, sin is not something to be taken lightly. God is very serious about it. Jesus himself said later in the Gospels, he said many on the last day will look to me and say, Lord, Lord, and I'll look at them and say, I, I don't know you. There are many who, who say, I'm a Christian, but don't actually walk the walk, right? Right? There are many who think that their sin doesn't matter and jesus warns against that pretty severely he says your your sin it does matter it is serious either you fall into that camp to some extent or you fall into peter's camp right and everything that i just said to you has you cowering in your pew. And if you could crawl under the pew without making a scene, you would do it because the the idea of your sin terrifies you just like it terrified Peter. And you just want to cry out, Lord, go away from me. I can't even stand to be in your presence because my sin, it's too much for me and I think it's too much for you too. The devil loves it when people fall into either one Of these camps. Because at the end of the day, whichever camp you find yourself in, it it comes, it happens, because you're focusing too much on you. The the first camp, you're focusing too much on you and you think too highly of yourself and you think, you know what, I'm probably mostly okay with God and and that's all good. I'm all set, right? and the second camp you focus too much on yourself because you look at your own sin and you think this is too much for Jesus. Jesus can't handle this. I don't think he can save me from this. Both of them equally problematic. That's how Peter felt that day. That's why he wanted to push Jesus away. But Jesus didn't go anywhere. And not just because they were in a boat in the middle of the lake, right? Jesus didn't go anywhere. Instead, he looked at Peter, who who was crushed under the weight of his guilt and his sin, and he looked at him and he simply said, Do not be afraid. Peter, do not be afraid. And that message that he gave to Peter, it's the same message that he gives to you. Do not be afraid, because your shame and your guilt, I came to take that from you. Give it to me. I want it, but let me carry it for you. Do not be afraid, because I came to do something so radical, so universe-changing, that your sin, well, your sin doesn't stand a chance. Do not be afraid. Because I'm the one who's going to be doing the judging on the last day. I'm going to be the one who says whether people go to heaven or whether they go to hell. And I'm telling you right now that you already are declared not guilty because of what I've done for you. My death on the cross for you. It's paid for your sin. It cannot bother you anymore. It's not too big for me. I've already overcome it. Do not be afraid, because even if you ask me to, I'm not leaving you on your own. I'm not getting out of the boat, but I will be with you every single step of the way. Do not be afraid. Sin's not to be taken lightly. No, because Jesus had to die to pay for it but because he did because he died for your sin you don't have to fear it anymore he's done everything necessary to take that fear and to remove it from you forever instead you know you can have certainty that your sin has been paid for and that heaven is your home this was life-changing For Peter. It was life changing for James and John, for all of the people who were there that day. It's life changing for you. Jesus, He changed their lives another way that day, too, though, because He did. He gave them a call. He said, From now on, you will fish for people. From now on, because from now on, the other things that you used to concern yourself with, they don't matter anymore compared to what I've just told you. From now on, you will be more concerned with the gospel and with sharing it with people because everything else, it doesn't matter in comparison. The, the disciples, they went back to the shore and they left everything. They abandoned everything. That, that huge catch of fish that they'd just gotten, they just left it there on the shore. So much money in that catch. They just left it. Because from now on, they were going to fish for people. That's what the Gospel does. It divides your life into two parts. There, there's the part of you before you knew Jesus before you believed in Him as your Savior, and there's the part after. You're in the after from now on. The only thing at the end of the day that matters is that Jesus died for your sins, and now He calls you to go out and to fish for people. Just like He did to the disciples that day. A couple of things to keep in mind as you think about fishing For people. First thing, think about Peter and what he had to do that day as he was fishing. How much of it was really up to him? Very little, right? Jesus told him where to go on the water. Jesus told him uh, what time to do it. Jesus told him where to put out the nets. He just said, toss the net out. He brought the fish. Jesus took care of almost everything. All he said was toss out the net. That's all he asks of us too. Go toss out the net. I'll I'll take care of the rest, right? So we don't have to concern ourselves with the results and what comes after and, and how successful we are in doing it. Jesus simply says, go toss out some nets and I'll bring the people. So I guess, what, what does that mean, right? What does it mean to toss out the nets? Let's get literal for a second here. It's very simple at the end of the day. It's simply living your life as a Christian. It's simply letting your light shine in everything that you do and whatever vocation God has given to you, whatever your job might be. That, that you would let people look at you and realize, you know what? There's something different about him. There's something different about her. The way that she treats people, uh, the way that he treats his wife, uh, the way that, that she treats her children, it's different. Because then people ask, why? Well, because Jesus loved me. It's very simple. It, people will ask. We, we just say, you know what? Yeah, there's this problem that we have in this world. It's sin. And, and Jesus came to take care of that problem. It's just tossing out the nets and, and hoping, praying then that the Holy Spirit would bless that effort. It, it can happen so many different ways in our lives. When we're at work, when we're with our family, when we're at the park, whatever you do, be be the light, right, that God has called you to be, go out and toss out those nets and pray that God would fill them up with people. Another thing to to keep in mind as we think about fishing for people, and maybe this is the most important part, Jesus is in the boat with you. Right, No matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, no matter who you're sharing your faith with, no matter where you're tossing out the net, Jesus is right there and He's promised you I will be there every step of the way. I'm not going anywhere. In the success, I will rejoice with you. In, in, in the rejection, and the seeming failures to our eyes, I will be there to pick you back up and get you going again. Jesus will be with you in the boat every step of the way because that's who He is and that's what He's promised. I love uh, getting to get a new church off the ground up in Waco. It's such a a fun thing for me. Uh, I get to spend so much of my time right now before we start worship services just going around Waco and and tossing nets out, right, and and just praying that God would give me the chance to have a conversation with someone about Jesus or or would give me the chance to tell people what I'm doing and why I'm there and what brought me to Waco and all of that. It's such a cool thing. I, I love this church, and I love this community here in Katy. I I love the people here, and I know how much you love this community, and how much you love the people here, and how you want everyone here to know their Savior. So go toss out some nets go put some lines in the water and pray pray that the holy spirit would bring you some people to get caught in those nets to to take the bait that you might have the chance to share jesus with them also that we might have more and more people with us in heaven god bless you as you do it amen time is precious Thank you so much for investing some of your time with us today. Could I ask you for one more favor? If you're enjoying this podcast, please don't forget to click subscribe and give us a rating. Just a few seconds of your time will help other people hear the simple, straightforward Bible message we offer. Thank you so much. God bless your day in Christ.